Hi there and thanks for joining us. Well, it is finally getting warmer and summer is getting closer, which means that it is almost time for festival season to begin. And there are three big ones during the month of June to look forward to. We talk about them all on this week's episode. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, the first festival we are going to talk about is one of the biggest that's ever going to take place on the water in Cork City. It's called SeaFest. It's Ireland's largest free family-friendly maritime celebration. It's quite a mouthful. And with me now to tell me all about it is the events manager at Cork City Council, Trish Murphy. Trish, you're very welcome to Red Business. Thank you very much indeed. This is crazy big. It's huge. Tell it me, is huge. Tell me about what is planned from the 7th to the 9th of June. Okay. Seafest, uh, as you mentioned, is Ireland's largest free family maritime festival. Um, it's been hosted in Galway for the last three years and attracted up to 100,000 people over the three days. And it's coming to Cork uh, for the next three. So it is a mixture of on-water activities, vessel tours, exhibitions, learning all about the sea and everything the sea has to offer. Now, th- indeed, the sea offers many things. Mm. Like it varies from food uh, to meteorology mm-hmm. uh, to ships to everything that's going Absolutely. in. So let, let's begin with the food. You've got a couple of chefs coming down to, we do to indeed. cook the finest things that float <laughs> in water. I, I, it's good to, it, it is. And the whole point of the festival is really to encourage participation with our seas. So we have uh, a number of project partners, including Bordis Kivara and Borvia, who are coming down with large scale exhibitions and activities. So, for example, Borvia has the BIM Borbia seafood experience and with that you have cookery demonstrations with chefs such as Rory O'Connell uh, from um, uh, Bellamanu House and uh, Neville Maguire and you have uh, Pat O'Connell from the English market in terms of preparing seafood etc. So it's all about teaching about uh, fish and sustainable sustainable fish um, and the cooking experience of it as well. It's really to mm. demonstrate what our oceans can provide and how we can use them. I, I've actually been to this event uh, with another radio station, don't mm. mention it, uh, when it was in Galway and it's massive. There Huge. are loads of tents. There Absolutely. are loads of different boats. Uh, you can go for trips onto the boats, obviously not out, but you can have a tour of some of the vessels. What vessels are going to be in port? Absolutely. So we have the Celtic Explorer, which is with the Marine Institution, you can go on board the Celtic Explorer, meet the scientists. They do loads of research. Some, they've made some incredible discoveries Absolutely. off the northwest coast in the last couple of years. And it's they do things like seafood map or um, sea floor mapping. It's um, they teach all about uh, the uh, marine ecosystems. They've done huge exploration on our. Um, Northwest Coast, like you mentioned, there is also going to be a number of large scale fishing trawlers. So you can come and meet the skippers and see about talk to them about their days, their activities out in sea. We have the Grainne Whale, which is with the Commissioner of Irish Lights, who are responsible for our lighthouses. We have naval ships. Um, the George Bernard Shaw will be in attendance. Also, we'll have a tall, tall ship, the Phoenix. Um, so huge opportunities to get out 
onto ships, see what it's like in these large scale fishing trollers, research vessels, etc. And where is all of this going to take place? It's all happening, Port of Cork, uh, Cork City Keys. Uh, so it's down Albuquerque, Kennedy Key, right in the heart of the city centre. See, I mean, and I'm trying to think back of the last, last major event like this, yeah. and, and my brain is going back to the tall ships race. I mean, it's, it's probably not going to be as jammed along the Keys as then, but it is the biggest event we've had since that, isn't it? Uh, it possibly is. We've been very lucky. We have a wonderful facility on the Keys Port of Cork and the sea is right next to us in the city. And we're lucky to be working with Cork Harbour Festival, our local um, harbour festival as well. And it's a whole week long, 10 days of activities. They're kicking off their activities on the 1st of June and they're up until the 9th. So there's going to be a wealth of activities on the water and ability to get out onto uh, try sailing um, during Seafest so you can go out and try sailing uh, with the Irish Sailing Association for free or try kayaking um, if you want to get out onto the water. We have Curragh and Dragon Boat trips with Mahalmara, um, Cork Community Boatyard who will be running them during the festival as well as well as the vessel tours as well as the uh, various exhibi- exhibitions, music performance activities that will be yeah, happening on the case. Absolutely loads going on. Now, the one thing you can't guarantee, and this is a common thread to yes. this podcast, talking about events in June, is the weather. Now, what is in your favour is you are bringing the undoubted queen of Irish weather, the head of forecasting of Met Air and Evelyn Cusack with you. She can't guarantee the weather, but she'll tell you what's going right and what's going wrong. She will indeed. She will indeed. We're delighted to have her coming down. So she's going to be uh, talking all about weather, how storms are named, how they're predicted. That whole thing we see on the news every in, in, in the weather forecast every day, but not quite sure about. So she's going to be there giving talks on the Saturday and Sunday um, of Seafest. And you're going to have Doug Allen, who's a guy I've interviewed before as well, a wildlife cameraman. Now, the stories he tells are just incredible. They're incredible. Doug Allen is possibly one of the best underwater cameramen out there. There. He does um, uh, underwater photography for uh, uh, David Attenborough on the frozen pa- planet and the blue planet. Uh, and he will be giving talks about his experiences as a cameraman. Yeah, he's got wonderful stories. As far as I remember, definitely about sharks and possibly yes. about polar bears, uh, all of which he encountered when I've he was filming for the BBC. I've, I've heard him speak and he is just such an interesting person. Now, the other thing is, and I kind of tipped people off at the start this is yet another free event you don't have to put your hand in your pocket once a hundred over a hundred free different events within the festival and how do you go about getting access to it? Do you have to book it in advance for some of the things? No, or? there's no booking. You turn up on the day. Obviously, there'll be a lot of, we hope, a lot of interest, but there's loads of activity within the Keys in all the different exhibitions, in all the different on-water activities and tours. So there'll be plenty there for everyone. What we would encourage people, because it's in the heart of the city, is just check out public transport. So you're five minutes from the train station. You're five minutes from the bus station. Park and ride is going to be open the entire weekend, the Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Bus services, etc. So we'd encourage people to use public transport, but it is running from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock over all three days, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And there's definitely something for everybody in there. Absolutely. The website, if you want to get details on it, it's seafest, S-E-A-F-E-S-T dot I-E. Trish Murphy, what a great way to start our events podcast for the month of June. The best of luck with Seafest and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. So one of the staples of the 
season of shows is the Cork Summer Show and I still have amazing memories of going to the Summer Show round the corner from where I grew up in Ballon Temple uh, when it used to be on in the showgrounds. Of course it has a new home now and has gone from strength to strength. The chairman of the Cork Summer Show is Robert Harkin. He's with me now in the studio. Robert, how are you? Hi Jonathan. Great, you have, to, great to be here. It's good to have you in sir. Um, you have the field. We have the field. And you're, you're getting ready. We're, we're, we're in preparation. Over the next few weeks, you will see it growing up out of the ground. 20, 30 marquees, the live stands, the cattle stalls, all of that coming together as, as you pass on the motorway. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, you have a very good vantage point as you're driving along the road not too far from us here in Red FM. We feel ourselves we have a phenomenal location. We're located between Bishopstown and Ballancolic. You know, 25,000 people on one side, soon to be 250,000 people on the other side. Uh, you, you are billed as the largest agricultural show in Munster. I would think we most definitely are the biggest in Munster, if not in Ireland. You see, absolutely. I was just going to say, yeah. you're missing the trick. You yeah, should be we, calling yourself in Ireland. <laughs> we're definitely, you know, to be fair, you have all the local shows which feed into us, like Clonakilty, Bandon, Skibbereen, uh, Charleville. Uh, but we are probably... A lot of the finals that of the events that take place at those shows take place at our show. The trick, though, and this was always the trick with the summer show, is it's for everybody. It's not just for people of farming it stock. It is so varied. It is so varied. The, the, the various things that we have there, um, from live music to, okay, uh, whilst we're a Munster Agricultural Society, where we are located and we feel we have an attraction for everyone, from children, we have face painting, we have food stalls, we have so many different things. We have families that come to us early in the morning saying we'll be gone by lunchtime and you might meet them at six o'clock and they're still beaming after seeing so much for the day. We have fun fair. This year we have helicopter rides, which is a phenomenal force. Oh, for, the Celtic for, Tiger is back. We've got well, the helicopter rides. Yeah, with rides. the helicopter rides are back in. They're not free <laughs> and it's a, it's a commercial entity, but it is absolutely so you can go at very near time. You can you can actually go booking your helicopter ride around Cork on, on, on online at this, from the show. Well, that is exceptionally fancy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm... I, Again, I, I've seen sheep competitions, but uh, we've yeah, gone from sheep we, we, competitions so gone to helicopter to <laughs> pups to calves to whatever. There's you know, everything yeah, you yeah, want. I mean, there's also the promise of stick-making courses. I've no idea what that is. Do you have a hazard a guess? So, okay, hill-walking has become extremely popular. And a stick-making, so whilst you're hill-walking, you carry a stick with a kind of a thumb shape that you're, you're balancing. And sticks aren't strong. They're just made to balance you as you walk, do a bit of walking in the countryside, do any sort of walking. And we have... We've the All Ireland Stick Making Championship on at our show. This okay, year. so it, yeah. it's not just a, a, a piece of wood that uh, you hope for the best. These are well no, designed. No, there's a lot of thought and design gone into this. It's it's spectacular to see it. Yeah, we we will put up some pictures on our summer show website and you'll see mm. the actual uh, and, the carry on. And going back to the eighties when I would have been going down to, to the showgrounds, Temple, yes. yeah, there probably would have been a bit of stick making, but there definitely wouldn't have been drone racing. So it, it shows yes, you how yeah. you are adaptable and how able to bring in the new moved things. Moved on from you know the, the show is going for two hundred years now almost and um, or the Munster Ag is going for 200 years so we have adapted very much so and, and, and brought in all the modern facilities into the show. So, yeah. Look, there's, there's a very serious side to the business as well because our agri-food sector is the biggest part of our economy right now and we've got uh, a lot of people working and investing very heavily in it but you need to get young people involved in this and, and show them it's not 
all the, the boring side of farming, which is why you have the Agri-Innovator Awards. We have the Agri-Tech. T- tell us what they are. So we, we, we're running a competition this year for Agri-Tech. Um, we're, we're looking for any sort of innovation that will help and grow uh, the farming, uh, within farming community, particularly in maybe health and safety, which is a big issue and it's part of what we try to promote as part of the Munster Agricultural Society on farming. Um, the event itself, the organisational side of this, when do you start planning? Literally the day we take down the show on the day after on the Monday. We are preparing for next year. We are dealing with the stands, the people that have come. We're booking, you know, bands for next year. Um, it's it's a huge undertaking, the, 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 the whole build-out. The whole build-out of the show takes maybe about three weeks beforehand, four weeks that we're on site. It's a building site, you know. It's it's, it's um, When you pass it, you see the, the amount of construction that goes on on the site all temporary and it comes back down it's you know it's on akin to a U2 concert arriving building up and moving on and a mammoth undertaking but we're in a very environmentally conscious age as well so you have to have consideration for the environment and you, do, do you have a policy of return to as it was Oh, the field will be back uh, in grass in, in three weeks' time. Currently, we have sheep grazing on it to cut down the grass. We've, we were, uh, there are four-legged lawnmowers instead of us inside there with a <laughs> diesel emissions cutting grass. So we currently have sheep on the field I'm right to, now as you pass. I'm going to hazard a guess and I may break it to you. The sheep probably produce emissions as well. P- possibly, <laughs> but look, it's, it's environmentally friendly emissions. It, it, so, it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. fertilises the it, grass. It fertilises the grass. Um, and uh, we turn it back in because we run another number of events there uh, during the year. We have some show jumping events, we have some dog shows there, um, international dog shows and various things like that. Uh, is it a not-for-profit enterprise or, or, or is this a commercial entity? No, we're, we're a charitable organisation. We, we we run the show on hopefully a break-even situation. Okay, yeah. and, and uh, it always is a tricky and the weather is your biggest enemy, isn't it? Like any outdoor event in Ireland, you know, weather has been really plays a big part of it. You know, it can be too hot or it can be too wet. Oh, it's never, you know, too, it's, it's, never it's, too hot. It's trying to get... Never too hot. You know, if it's 28 degrees, people will go to the beach. If it's 20 degrees, that's our, our ideal weather temperature. They'll come to the show, they'll have their ice cream, they'll eat, the, listen to the music and they'll enjoy their day. And so, of course, it's, it's too far away to predict with any confidence, but you've had a good run of weather. In We've had a good run of weather. We had a bad we, run. We had, a ba- we had two or three years where we, we, we had, we had <laughs> oh, wipe out with rain, um, but so far for the last number of years the summer has been very good and hopefully again you know it's it's not a cold spot it's a nice uh, sheltered area it's so any bit of nice warm weather at all and we, 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 we'll, we'll be very happy So all the details of the exhibitors and how to get to it and the public transport that's a, yeah, that's we, going to be available on the day where can people find it? Public out? transport is a big part of what we do to get people there we have, we have huge parking we have over 50 acres of parking and we have a one way system and the, the local guardie give us a very good hand in parking and so on it's very smooth and the running of it so we don't cause any delays or into the place within five or seven minutes but we have several shuttle bus, bus routes and the 208 bus extends its route and turns at our gate so you can get the 208 from Mayfield through to Bishopstown to Cork and and, and, um, and, and get off the bus at the summer show. Okay well look we look forward to it uh, the website is 
www.corksummershow.com Robert Harkin of the Cork Summer Show fingers crossed for the sunshine and that you'll have a great uh, a great experience for everybody who goes there thank you so much for joining us on Red Business thank you Jonathan the only show in town for Cork Business Red Business now the final stop on our trip of upcoming festivals is Fitzgerald's Park in the heart of Cork City that is going to be transformed into nothing less than a science super park on Saturday 22nd and Sunday 23rd as Cork Cork's first Carnival of Science comes to town. And to tell me all about that, I'm joined uh, by Mervyn Horgan of the Lifetime Lab and Mary Walsh, who is a scientist with Cork City Council. I didn't realise we had scientists with Cork City Council, Mary. Oh, we have more than one. More than one, yes. of course, yes. They're all doing different things, but we never think of you as scientists, of course. Yes. Um, look, we'll come back to you in a bit. Uh, but Mervyn, tell me a little bit about this. Lifetime Lab has been doing great work down there uh, to teach kids science to get them involved and almost get their hands dirty uh, with the scientific world. So you're just expanding this out to a much bigger audience, are you? We are. We are, John. As you mentioned, we've been around now since about uh, since 2006. Um, Cork City Council identified uh, that a little bit of support, a little bit uh, further work needs to be done to promote the sciences. At the time, it was new in the curriculum as well. And Cork obviously has a reliance on uh, third level institutions producing science graduates keep us all working. So the event itself, this is going to be part of the Midsummer Festival, which is always a great draw of tourists and, and Cork people to the city. So you decided instead of holding it on the Lifetime Lab and being crammed uh, to the rafters, you moved it to Fitzgerald Park. We've got a lot of space to do a lot of science. We've a lot of space to do a lot of science. We've a lot of activities to offer as well. Uh, so we've the likes of the London Science Museum coming over. We're putting a big top in, in Fitzgerald's Park for those. We've Eureka from Edinburgh coming down. We've Mad Lab from, from Gloucester. We've a, a huge international line of activities and it's all based around uh, having fun with science engaging the subject and normalising it so basically having science in, a, in an area that you mightn't think of You see you want me to, I, I want to ask you the question, are you going to blow things up are, you, is, are we going to see fantastic explosions controlled of course of, of science and things going with purple puffs of smoke and all sorts We are Ah you see now you have me interested well, What are you going are. to do So one of the shows we have is uh, Science for Life so Sue is going to do a Science of Dragons show so there will no, be fire and I there was, will I, be dragons. I, I was told dragons didn't exist. Are you trying to tell me that they do after Game of Thrones? They do exist. And we'll find out on Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd of June. So that's one of our shows in the big top. Very good. Well, I mean, it sounds like great fun. Mary, I mean, I, I, I was being somewhat flippant, of course, at the start saying scientists, because there's loads of scientists and there's loads of engineers. There's loads of people who make sure that the water comes through is clean. There's loads of people uh, who, who do lots of uh, things with physics, uh, which is fundamental to a lot of the planning that goes on. What do you do with the City Council? Well, most of my work is in the in area of the environment. So I work on waste management, waste prevention, um, working with communities to kind of green their areas greening events um, and so on and also I suppose the main thing is in in relation to this event is promotion of science um, we want to attract industry to Cork and develop the the city and I suppose key to that is providing an educated workforce and fostering a love of science and technology among our youth um, it's, it's so um, important because I'm um I was involved in Irish last year and yes. uh, while I had gone as a reporter previously, this is the first time I've been involved in the, in the organising and doing the PR for it. And it's just so important to, to, to get young people and young women in that case 
interested Absolutely. in science and show them the opportunities that Absolutely. are there. They weren't there, when, I'd argue, when you were going to primary school no. or secondary school. And I think, you know, back in 2005, 2006, when we established Lifetime Lab, we went out to the market to see what we could possibly do there. And at, as Marvin mentioned at the time, science was a new subject in the primary school curriculum. And uh, I suppose primary school teachers wanted support and that's kind of the reason for, you know, being of the Lifetime Lab. We mm. provide science, engineering, maths, energy workshops and like there's a huge appetite for it. Yeah, but I, I mean, again, if, if, if you told me that there's going to be dragons in a tent in, in, in Fitzgerald's Park, I'd be in there like Flynn. So, yes. and, and presume you would have been as a child as well. So how important is it to get all the schools in Cork involved to make sure the message gets out there that this is going on? Oh, Absolutely. Very important. And I suppose we're going a step further with this event. It's taking it from the schools towards families. It's an event that's on during the weekend, during the summertime. And we want kids to come with their families. It's a family event, a free event. And it's, I suppose, engaging, entertaining with a capital E, educate with a a smaller E, you know, so it's just meant to be a fun event. And Mervyn, you you must see this as well when you you got kids, you've kids coming through the door every single day and some of them just won't be into it. Some of them will, you know, they'll they'll go on, they want to be a policeman or they want to be something else. But uh, there are kids then who you must be able to see it in their eyes this kid is going to is going to work in science. This is going to be an engineer. This yeah. is someone who who loves seeing the colour of something changing from blue to green. They do. And I think it's all got to do with the context in which the, the, the subject is presented. So I, I, I'd say that uh, our role is to promote science in a fun and engaging way and offer a positive experience of the subject. And then uh, let the children decide as they get older. You mentioned I wish uh, when they go to college. So we just fa- pro- uh, provide the foundation. I suppose what we'd be is a nursery, a science nursery. And um, the majority of children like blowing up things. That may They it, yes. like picking up things. They like breaking things. They like making things. And um, unfortunately, the way we're going... Um, uh, education systems crammed lots of subjects to cover so those opportunities aren't as readily available as they used to be but the problem is that we have got a really good reputation of churning out good graduates that are liked by industry uh, the thing is we don't know what industry is going to want in 10 years time so we need to ground kids in the basics right now or else we may lose that competitive edge that we have that, that is correct and again by introducing uh, um, children to the subject at an early age you provide that foundation um, you, have, you provide that basis. I, I think I read somewhere that uh, 60% of the jobs in the country are going to be STEM related, but yet only 30% of the graduates leaving college now have that foundation. Mm. And it's not just about science or technology. It's about being uh, a better rounded individual. It's about using, being able to analyse uh, information and make an informed decision based on what you read, as opposed to maybe listening to the Twitter machine or listening to... Oh, don't listen to the Twitter machine. That's the worst <laughs> thing you can listen to. I, I, t- I tell the story a lot when I'm public speaking uh, that my... Son came home one day from school and his teacher had blown his mind because he told them half of you will be doing jobs that haven't been invented yet. And this really opened the child's horizons going, well, what do you think those jobs might be? And it was that moment of wonder, Mary, that went, I love that. I love seeing that in a child whereby the horizon is limitless. And that's, that's what this event is all about, presumably. Yeah, it's providing, as Marvin said, a foundation so the children can have a foundation, but also that they're resilient enough to adapt to what comes or what hits them in the future. And I think, you know, science is a great basis. It's a great basic training um, for the future and for resilience and uh, an ability to adapt. And the most important thing, Marvin, for parents who are listening, it's all free, isn't it? You know, it's all free. Not a bob will have to exchange hands. Yeah, it's all free and it's relaxed and it's informal. 
Um, and I do think as, as 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 we go forward, we can't rely on the schools to deliver every single thing that we want our children to learn. It's about creating a culture of science. It's uh, about creating a science capital that science, engineering, technology and maths are they're part of our, our, our everyday lives. We use them every day. We mightn't realise it. Everything from a mobile phone to the ambulance driver to the RNLI rescuing someone, even the guys um, watering the flowers. Science plays a huge, important role in everyday activity. Well, all I can say is it sounds like tremendous fun uh, from the drag to the slime making, uh, to chemistry and bubbly maths, to the marquees with uh, lots of different things and interactive exhibits. Tell me when it is on again. It is on the 22nd and 23rd of June? Yes, Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd of June. We'll open the gates at 11 o'clock and it runs until 5. Okay. And everything is undercover, so rain or shine. Oh, you don't, it's, it's not weather dependent. Not it's weather. not weather dependent. You've so. looked into the science of June, haven't All you? All bases are covered. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolute pleasure. Mary Walsh, uh, scientist for Cork City Council and uh, Mervyn Horgan from the Lifetime Lab uh, and also the man uh, behind the Carnival of Science. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business and the best of luck to you. Thank Thank you, My thanks to all my guests, as always. Don't forget to check out redfm.ie to get the latest up-to-date information about the main events in Cork across the summer. And over 100 episodes of Red Business are available to download from redextra.ie. Neil Hennessy produced. We'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. Cork's exclusive business podcast.